Hey, good morning and welcome to Breakthrough Walls. I'm Ken Walls and I'm your host. And today I have the real life Superman on the show. James E. Dixon is joining us from Indianapolis, Indiana. And I cannot wait to hear this guy's story. I've heard a lot of amazing things about him. So listen, do me a favor. Do your friends and your family a favor. Share this out. Let's get some motivation in people's lives today. You guys are going to love this guy. So stay with us and make sure you go share this out right now. Thank you. All right, let me bring James on. James, welcome to the show. I'm honored to be on the show, man. This is amazing. This is like a huge moment for me. I'm honored to be with you. Thank you for having me, Kim. I'm honored to have you here. So, um, you know, I've I've I started this show five years ago, almost five years ago now, and. Um, have interviewed over 500 celebrities and entrepreneurs. Mm. And it, it, look, this, this show is all about helping people get unstuck or have a breakthrough in life. And so I'd love it if you would start with telling everybody where it all began for you. Where were you born and raised? I'm, I'm from Indiana, from Anderson, Indiana. I was born and raised here. I was a basketball fan that couldn't play basketball, oh, uh, but not because of skill, but because I was born with limb differential. I lost my right leg when I was 11. Oh, and wow. at that point, I determined I was going to live life without any limitations, earn the opportunity to get a scholarship playing basketball, and had to prove everyone wrong that thought there's no way that a person with one leg could do great things. Wow. So at 11 years old, you lost your leg? Yes. I was at, actually, I, I could not walk without um, a, a brace. I, I was really limited. Different times in my life, walking was impossible. I had 33 surgeries leading up to my amputation. Oh, my God. Wow. So what was it? So what was it like growing up? I mean, going to going to school and 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 all of that with, with your, your, um, I mean, did you experience it? Did people pick kids, pick kids can be cruel, man. And you're talking about cruel. Okay. Let me tell you something. Kids I mean, will be funny, be cruel. I mean, I had kids who would take a stick, put it into a sock, put it into a shoe and then wait till lunchtime when everyone's there and say, Hey, I found your leg. Right. And so you have to learn to just kind of accept and deal with it. And at that time, also I had a size, 13 foot at the time I grew to size 15 as a as a, maybe a freshman and uh the prosthetic side would only go to a size 10 so the front of your shoe would curl up and so kids would constantly pick on you and all so I went through all of those things but I realized wow. that all of that was cultivating molding me so that I could be an advocate for others today jeez man so that's when I said kids can be cruel, I didn't expect to hear it was that bad, man. That's crazy. So, so I, I'm assuming you, you, did you graduate from high school? Did you go the whole, the whole, whole way oh, through? Yeah. Yeah. So, I, you know, high school for me, um, my class now that I graduated with, no matter what things I experienced when we were younger, we've grown close and we're advocates for each other. Yeah. I've become like... Uh, they're my champions cheering for me. So I've proof that you can go from being bullied by kids. You can go through hardships, but then build brotherhood and kinship yeah. just by growing up and maturing. Wow. Debbie on here says, I don't believe in physical fighting, but had I been a kid in your class and saw them, <laughs> I would have, I would have had to throw down. 
That's so Thank you, funny. Debbie. She's, She's awesome. awesome. So, so, um, when you, when you, and this was in Anderson, Indiana, that's, is that like part right. of Indianapolis or? Well, it's a suburb of Indianapolis. Okay. Uh, Anderson had three high schools and the most of them were nationally ranked in athletics at the time. So I came through at the time where we had six foot 11, 10 guys all over the place Good where Lord. now all the kids are short. I would be a beast today at, at <laughs> six, four, but back then I was just a small forward. Wow. So, so did you end up going to college? I did. I actually uh, I went to Bob Jones university. If you've ever heard of that. You know, uh, Greenville, South Carolina. But oh. before going there, I actually went off to uh, uh, Pillsbury Baptist Bible College, which no longer is there. But uh, it gave me a scholarship and allowed me to continue those dreams. That had always been my goal to be able to, to play sports with one leg and uh, not allow that to stop me. So to get a scholarship to play Division Three uh, was phenomenal. Is what what sport? Basketball. Really? Yes. That was the sport I chose to prove that I was just as capable as anyone else. Limbs, no limbs. I wanted to prove that I was valuable, loved, gifted, and that was the sport I chose to prove myself with. Wow. So you ended up getting into basket. When did you start playing basketball? The, the moment I started doing rehab uh, when I was 11. When I, after losing my leg, I got a trampoline that was in my room and I would bounce on it and work on my vertical. And I'd watch IU games. I watched Patrick Ewing and people in the post and uh, Ray Tolbert, who played for the IU team that played in the pros, lives in my hometown and went to the boys club and worked on post moves. And I learned how to overcome uh, the limitations of my lateral movement with intensity and uh, positioning. So. Holy you can overcome God. anything. Okay, so so hang on. I like you're out on the court. I I I played basketball in high school. Mm -hmm. Um so you're out on the court playing with a prosthetic leg. It wasn't just a prosthetic, brother. I literally went through the season when legs were 25 pounds and literally wouldn't. I went through that. I didn't just go through. Yes, my legs, I have old legs that were the original legs were absolutely archaic for me, but I didn't allow that to stop me. I didn't know that there were uh, high-end legs like we have now. There's classifications for amputees. Some are um, K4, K1, K4, K0. Depends on the, that's classification for Medicare. And they gave me a leg that would be fitting for a mannequin, but I made the most of it because it was all I had. You have to determine. Like, is this thing going to stop me? Am I going to deal with the boils? The one rule I thing I had is if I sat down or if I pulled on the sock, because I would callous up the stump is what we would call it then. Now it's residual limb. But uh, I would callous it up. I would just deal with it, I'd deal with whatever pain. As long as the coach didn't take me out, I kept that, that sweat going. I could keep going. But once I came out, usually the leg would swell and it would end my evening. Wow. 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 Um, I'm, I, I don't even know where to, I, I'm never lo at a loss for words, but I'm sitting here thinking like, did, did, was there ever, was there ever a time I'm sure there had to been, there had to have been times where you, you wanted to feel sorry for yourself or you did, you went through moments of, of that, right? At some point. Well, no, there weren't just moments. I grew up with the question of why. Why did I have to be born this way? Why am I limited? Why is that everybody in the family is athletic? Everyone got to serve in the military. And I was the one kid, the one boy that wouldn't be able to. All I ever wanted is to do what I saw my uncles do, to, to do what my relatives have done. I'd seen them do great things. They were great athletes. And I had the same DNA and all those things, but I was the one in the family that had all the physical limitations. Every six months, I was having surgery. My first surgery is when I was three months of age. And then finally at 11, when I lost my leg and I didn't know that day that I was losing it. But in, when I look back over my life, I found that everything that I went through was about building me into who I am today. 
Wow, man, that is unbelievable. So, so you, um, did, did you graduate from college? Well, I finished, I left my, my senior year. I wasn't able to pay for finals, hardship financially and all those things as much as I tried brother. So I went out, started to go into work with the idea that I would go ahead and start, I'd pay it off. I'm going to get this thing done. Next thing I know, you start building a family and it gets harder. And then you go through life and you like, you never get back to it. But what I found is that I study more now than I ever did in college, growing, developing, reading. I do more now. If I'd have known then that the stuff there was small, you know, look, look, look at Joe Ingram on here. Ignore Joe, <laughs> Joe, Joe, this is, this is Tesla series. Guys can drive themselves. <laughs> He's got, but you want to talk about somebody with some issues. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we love Joe. Joe so, and Joe's awesome. who introduced us as a matter yes, of fact. He is. Joe yeah. is a great friend of mine. Joe's Loved awesome. Him, yeah. We've been friends a while. So, so, so you, um, so you, you left college your senior year. And you started a family? Is that what happened? I mean, is that why you left? Well, no, I left. When I say that we came down, I believe at the time it was like 20. My issues have issues, Joe. (laughs) I I came down to being able to pay for finals. And as much as we stretched, the family had stretched themselves. I'd done all I could. I was working a job, working at the radio station, doing the weather and all those things, utilizing my voice. In fact, I had the opera hour where I would go on and say, what pathos in her voice? I had no idea what pathos was, but I was saying it because it was on the script. But I couldn't come up with the money to be able to take finals. And so the setback there, if I had been able to have, might have been only $3,100, but that separated me from the ability to be able to take the finals and be able to finish and I said, well, I'll get back to it. But I knew you had to do the whole semester over again. And life got busy. I ended up starting my family. I had my daughter. Um, my wife and I had a little girl. And I, my biggest blessing was the fact that she was born with both legs. That was my biggest fear. Because I never wanted her to go through what I've gone through. And in reality, I realized it's not what you lose. It's who you become with what you find. That's so true, man. So true. So you, um, you, you had, a, and I, I, I can imagine that for that entire nine months, you had that fear in the back of your mind that, um, that your daughter was going to be born with, with some sort of a, an issue, right? Man, I, man, all I could think of, let me tell you, I didn't care whether it was going to be a boy. I didn't care if it was going to be a girl. The only thing that mattered to me is that she had legs. Um, I, I celebrated yeah. that. My greatest fear was that it, I said, man, if my child has to go through what I've gone through, it was it was tough because yeah. you never you feel like you you'll never be loved, you'll never be accepted. Um, I didn't even let people know I was an MP. I tried to mask and cover that up because of the rejection I had faced to different segments of my life. I didn't want that. Uh, I didn't want that known. I didn't want that discovered. You know, um, that would, that would cause, I would imagine that would cause most people to walk around with a serious chip on their shoulder. I I would imagine. Well, when you, you, let me put it this way. I found out that, uh, so I wanted to play sports so I could prove people wrong. Right. One of the most challenging moments that I had when I was 11, and I'll share you with this. It goes into great detail in my book, Found, but it goes this way. When I was 11 and they took me to the hospital, Shriners in Chicago, I did not know that I was going there for an amputation. Oh so when I was getting a tour of the place and my mom and dad are there together, signing off the rights so that I would be given the parental rights for me to be able to get the amputation. I literally uh, had the conversation where my mom asked if I wanted to lose my leg. And I said, no, because it's all I ever knew. I'd gone through surgeries, rehab, surgeries, rehab, whatever it had been. But the idea of losing my leg sounded final. So when I woke up one morning and my leg was gone, 
without discussion. It allowed, caused me a lot of trauma. And my mom, at the time, being well-intentioned but young, walks in the room when I'm having a discussion with the nurse. I had had an attitude about the doctor taking my leg, and I took the uh, I took my pillow and I swung it at the doctor. And uh. so they tie me up. The nurse comes in and they're talking to me and they're telling me about what's possible and the better life that losing my leg can cause. And then my uh, my mom walks in and hears about my attitude. She walks over to correct me. So I was having a conversation and says this to me. She was like, um, you do know that you're a cripple. She wanted to give me the reality of it. And I was like, no, I'm not. This lady said, I'm going to play. She was like, I'm your mother. I'm telling you, you're crippled. Do you understand that? And my mom slapped me to bring me back to the, from uh, arguing back and forth with her until I simply said, you're right. I am a cripple. Wow. At that moment, brother, I was broken. and But it took a lot to rebuild that confidence. Holy and that confidence turned into anger because I wanted to prove everyone wrong. Yeah. That chip, the thing about the chip, though, brother, is that it gets out, it gets too heavy for you to carry because anger is a fuel that you can't keep carrying because you always look at people as enemies. You'll never be an embraced life. And so it went from anger to passion. And when passion is there, nothing can take that away. Amen. Amen. Wow. By the way, I'm an Amazon influencer. When your book comes out, we're going to have you on Amazon Live to promote it directly to Amazon Man, customers. Thank you. That means the world to me. Yeah, and and yeah. So so and and you so you're at so you get home. Okay, just take me through the moment you you come to the realization that now you don't have this leg, which sounds like it was kind of a bum leg anyway at, right. at this point, but you get home, you, ha I, I can't even, was there, uh, and if I, if this is a stupid question, I apologize. Was there a lot of pain? Like, oh man, like it would be let so me tell you, painful, here's the unique man. Thing. Let me, again, here's the way the body works, right? When they took my leg, I immediately thought it was still there. I still felt connected to it. In fact, I tried to walk on the leg that's gone because mentally it's still there because right. you have this thing called phantom pains. I don't know if you've heard of those. I've heard of that. Yeah. So phantom is that like I would get a cramp in the foot that's not there. Every once in a while I would get a cramp and it'd be impossible to get it out or the foot would be itching or feel like it's falling asleep. Feel like it's like like someone's sticking it or it's on fire. And the only one of the greatest ways to deal with that is to look in a mirror because it reverses the image. So the leg that you still have, you can see that leg and you can scratch the one you still have and the other one gets relieved. But I didn't know that initially. I just dealt with all these frustrating pains that no one told me about how to handle. That is, so that is a freaking, that that's unbelievable. That's the power of the human mind. It though. is. It like is. you're literally imagining something that's not real yeah but that's, can that but doesn't that lead to other principles yeah what you visualize you can become or you can do the mind is that powerful yeah. if you can visualize it you can chase it down mm. uh that's why um it's so important to set goals to have someone that can encourage you to paint a picture of what you can be because once you visualize it you can do it it works in the body it works in life Dude, this is this is so powerful. Everybody, share this out. Joe, get off of face or YouTube and go to Facebook and share this out, dude. That's right, Joe. What are you doing, man? Come on. So, so, um, so, oh wow. I so you so you get home. You've got all, you're dealing with all of this. Mm -hmm. What happened next? And as as you started on this journey of now. Um, having no leg, I'm sure they didn't send you home with a prosthetic. No, no. Well, you, you start off and you have that empty sleeve, but there right. was no way in the world that I could go around kids that, that would mm -hmm. mock and all those things. So mm -mm. I would, uh, just take old braces and I'd find a way to try to fit it, but not break the stitches on my leg so that I wouldn't have the empty sleeve. So I'm walking around on crutches and you're, and people will, you know, you'll see amputees hop around on one leg and stuff like that all the time. 
But that's the worst thing you can do. It destroys the good leg you have by destroying the cartilage. But you don't know that because no one's there to tell you. That's why I had to make sure that I have to share that information in the book because there are so many soldiers that they, they see people on Instagram and they're doing CrossFit and this guy's bouncing around on one leg and they, he's a beast and people get all inspired by this guy. But then you look back a year later and you'll see that he's gone. You're like, what happened to him? He's in a wheelchair because that leg got worn out. You only got that one. You overused it. We have to, wow. we, that's why, listen, you talked wow. about like dealing with not having the leg. That was a hard thing to do because it felt like a personalized funeral that no one attended but me. I lost the leg. It separated me from the goals. Of how will I walk? How will I run if I will never be possible because you took my leg from me? What's my mobility? Am I to grow up and live on disability? Am I wow. defined as a man by what I have, whether I have a leg or if I don't? These are challenges that amputees face. But there wow. are some of us that discover that the loss of the limb can end up being, man, it's the best gift of your life. Wow. So <clears throat> eventually you end up in college on scholarship. Mm -hmm. To play basketball. Yep. I didn't even tell the coach I had lost the leg. I sent videotapes of me playing because I could mimic uh, able-bodied people's movements. And so I had newspaper clippings. I played at the boys' club, and all of our games would end up with newspaper clippings. And I was a beast when it came to the game. M my trigger was this. I wanted – I viewed every able-bodied person as the person saying I couldn't do something. They were the person standing in front of me. So I was so passionate and angry that uh, I, there was no way I could even be sportsmanlike with you. You know, it was personal. If I had to guard you, uh, you know, I was coming with everything I had. I would cry during the game sometimes because I was that passionate. I could wow. not allow you to make me look like a handicap. I needed to go at you with everything I am. And so wow. I take the results of that. I put it in the paper. I get clips of it. I sent it off and a coach responded because of what I, I was coming with. I, and I, when I arrived to college, you know, I was a beast. I was, I was never friendly on the court. Never. <laughs> I can't, I can't, I'll bet you weren't. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just going to bet you weren't Joe, Joe, look, Joe has issues and he's, He's displaying his issues publicly. <laughs> Phantom Joe, what, what is wrong with him? So, so, um, so, what happened after? So, you get out of college, you you start a family. What what did you um, what did you do for a career? Did did you start a career? I did. I did. Let me let me tell you. So, this is the challenge, right? Uh, so I don't know what I'm going to do. I know I right. want to do ministry. I want to be involved in helping people. Um, and so I didn't realize that, that, that churches pay weekly. And uh, you probably thought I'm in every Sunday. I'm talking about weekly. Like, there's a struggle. I mean, brother, they they, they make you account on faith for real. You'd be like. You're talking about as a pastor? Yeah, yeah. As a, I was an assistant pastor, I took a okay. role in helping pay uh, school administrator yeah. in New York, right? So yeah. I'm, I'm like, they're like, hey, we're gonna pay you based upon the offerings come in. You're like, that's good. God's got me. And then the check come through, and they're like, brother, we can only give you fifty dollars this week. Oh my goodness. Oh Let's wow. See. That's two number ones. I get a check. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, that, that you can't support. So I had to go get me a job. And, and I found that sales allowed you to be scalable, right? Right, yeah. And so because you can get commissions. Yeah. I took a job at a company called Sutherland Group out of New York, Syracuse, New York. That's where I was living. And uh, this this company had some outside sales reps that would be walking in and they had nice vehicles. And I'm sitting on the phone taking inbound calls, you know, just call center type thing. And I was like, Man, what do these guys have that allow them to live so nice? You know right. what I mean? They're just doing. So I asked one of the guys if I could take him to lunch. Right. And so I could just ask him, like, what did he do? How did he get the job? And, yep. you know, and, the, and the guy was I, I found that there were some common things. You know, he was passionate, he was committed, but he was confident, you know. And um, so I decided I'd start listening to uh, sales guys, reading books. Brian Tracy was one of them. Yeah. I, I know if, if you've heard of the Sandler Sales Institute. Learn yep. that some of these 
I did that all on my own. I said, I'm getting out of this call center. Next thing I know, I took a job. I went from the call center, developed my resume, and my close ratio was so high on the phone. I just translated that uh, through the stats over to MCI WorldCom. Took a job with them, yeah, and I became the number two sales rep in the country. With MCI. Oh, yeah. I dominated, man. When I say I, I have I have so many awards month after month. From MCI. From MCI. I crushed that. Man, I went from – I took a job at the Sutherland Group, which outsourced things for Celex. They used to do wide area networks, lands, WANs, yeah. Yeah. you know, T1s. Yeah. And so I learned the terminologies, which was an emerging market at the time. Yeah. So instead of going from an hourly pay, I jumped into this to the the base plus commission, yeah. and I just started hitting everything out of the park. Dude, that's freaking awesome! MCI weren't they headquartered in Columbus? Yeah, it it became Worldcom. Yeah, it, yeah, that's right. I, yeah. I'm from Columbus. Ohio. Oh, you know something about him? Oh, heck yeah. yes, I do. I yeah. signed you up I, easy, like you know. Joe never paid his long distance bill, so we didn't we didn't keep him. But you, <laughs> yeah, we could have done some great things together. I I used to have MCI. I think I feel like I sold for MCI for a minute or something. I I don't know. I had a lot of sales yeah. opportunities <laughs> back <laughs> in the day, right? I'm 54 years old, so I, I well, remember. Yeah. So we're, we're we're right there with each other. I want to yeah. share something that's a unique story I learned in sales. So I'm remember we used to have sales and marketing magazines and Enron before we knew anything about it. Yeah. You do you remember when Enron was was the company to go work for? Yeah, they were I on do. the front of all the magazines. Yeah. Sales reps were making a million a year. Well, yeah. when I saw the article, I was like, I got to be able to talk to the. Uh, to the owner, no, the CEO, right? I saw him in the article. So what I did was I called and asked to talk to the IT department about the website. Yeah. yeah and yeah. so remember, we you could look up who is, see who ran it, see their name yep. and the number. Yep. I'd call yep. and I was like, hey, I don't know how it got to you. Can you put me through? And I can't remember the boss's name at the time, the guy. He's in prison yeah. probably now. But yeah. it's, I And he put me through to him. And the guy's like, how did you get to me? Because he put me straight through <laughs> And I didn't tell him. I just said, if I can get to you, I can get to anyone for you. Right. <laughs> Dude, that's awesome. And so he was like, wow. let's, let's do uh, an interview. Let's talk kid. But then it, uh, everything blew up. Yeah. So, right. Yeah. yeah. I'm glad I didn't take that job, but wow. sharpening your skills, wherever yep. you are, you can start yep. from the bottom yep. and take the skills and training and become a great. So, I'm, I'm going to ask a question. I have a feel. It's a, almost a rhetorical question. I, I'm, I, I got to ask this. Do you have a handicap sticker in your car? No, no. I knew it. I no. knew you didn't. No, no. I knew it. Hey, why like, would I, why would I park at the 40. gym? I'm going to get out and walk out, get out of the car walk, and, and park at handicap or leave the gym because there's no handicap park. No, I don't need it. <laughs> I, I knew it, man. I knew yeah. it. But you see these people who are, I, well, never mind. I'm not even going to get Yeah, no, no. Judgment. What you see is people with, listen, one time I did park in handicap, right? And it was, I had one of those temporary damn lives. Yeah. And I, I was in a car with people and I was like, let me go ahead. And, you know, they added, yeah, it makes sense. So I get out of the car and people are like, you jerk, freaking jerk. They screaming at me, right? Seeing me walk. So then I had to pull my pant leg up and they go, oh, sorry. So, you know, and yeah, yeah. Then they, thank you for your service. I was like, I wasn't in the military. I'm, I'm sure you would have served, you know. <laughs> so, but no, I never again, never again. But that would be, that would be, a, a, I mean, most people probably assume that though. That's not. Oh, I get that all day, every day. Yeah, terribly. So sometimes, you know, here's the funny thing about amputees. It depends on what day you catch us on how we want to communicate with you, right? Yeah. So if yeah. you say, how'd you lose your leg? And let's say if it's a kid, you go, yeah. well, you know that song, Baby Shark? Dude, dude, the baby is not as friendly as he appears to be, <laughs> you know? And they're like, oh, my God. You might say that. Other times, it's an expensive car. I got a discount. <laughs> or, you know, uh, I wow. hired Joe as a coach, and I had it – <laughs> It cost me a lot. I got to keep my arm. That's how expensive it was. <laughs> it cost me a lot. Oh, my God. 
Oh Lord. So, so, so talk about, um, so you, it sounds like with MCI, at least you really started making some unbelievable money. I'm sure. Oh, we got, Um, yeah, that, that, that became life changing. And even as they would change, you know, the confidence when they change the, uh, the expectations and quotas go up. I never worried about that. I used to, they're like, what's your forecast? I was like, uh, if the, if it was 12,000 that I needed a new contract revenue, I'd say, put me at 20, right? Because I was always a month ahead. I was constantly working. No matter who you are, if you wait till the last minute, you listen to him. You What's see, wrong with him? I, there's something wrong with him. You know? I, I almost didn't put that up on screen. Yeah. But... You know what's crazy is that he's always offering me to go out to eat at IHOP. I don't understand <laughs> that. But uh, I don't know why Joe's that way. I Be think better, we, Joe. just, we need to all pray for Joe. Just pray yeah. for him. Yeah. <laughs> so, but, yeah. yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. No, no. But it, it is it is a matter of it is sales is the one way that you can get paid what you're worth. You yeah. can give yourself a raise. Yeah. And once you get that mindset, you realize that, you know what, if you, whatever you commit yourself to, if you go after your own goals that way, you'll be successful. Amen, man. Amen. So, so where did you go from there? Cause we know MCI eventually became WorldCom, which eventually I think got bought by AT&T. Um, right. Or it, well, I left before the, the last merger. We, okay. Um, yeah. And so I, I took a job. Uh, I think from there, I actually went into ministry. Um, started, in, I was about, gives me about 2004. I started church from scratch. We grew and developed, you know, televised. You, things were just really. Where was that? Where this was that? Indianapolis. Okay. So fact, you ended hosted, up back in Indy. Yes. In fact, I hosted the Indiana Black Expo, okay. uh, which is 50,000 black people coming together and impacting with positivity and things like that uh, annually. And I got to be a host of that, uh, their their festival in 2009, I think it was, 10. Yeah. And so I had grown in prominence and impact that way. But then life crisis comes, right? Yeah. You go through divorce, you go through hardship, you go through financial crisis, and it's really a gut check, right? Yeah. Everyone can have faith when things are going right. Everyone can be easy. One of the things I never even embraced or dealt with or talked about was about my leg. I had just tried to live life, coast through that, and hope no one noticed. Not, I never spoke on it. I never mentioned really? anything. Right? Nothing. Yeah, it was like avoiding. If you could visit a younger version of yourself with what you know now, I would drop down to an 11-year-old and be like, that leg, that's the key to your success, right? That thing is going to lead you and order your steps in such a way to success that you'll you'll be thankful for what you lost today. But instead, I tried to identify and find myself through roles. But roles don't do it. Identity does. And finding your identity is key. So powerful. So daggone powerful. So you started a church in Indianapolis. It became televised, you said. Right. Are you, Do you still have that church? No, no. What ended up happening, when I stepped away from ministry, I had gone through divorce. Things were falling apart. Your life get, life gets hacked. Um, and then when I went into, um, yeah, Joe is just, he's a, who let Joe have this? <laughs> <laughs> who let Joe who, in the who house? Who let Joe on the phone? <laughs> please take away his prepaid phone, please. Yeah, listen, <laughs> when I... He's got, you know, he's got Boost Mobile. He can't. You know it. You know, Joe is so cheap, man. That brother is not giving off a dollar for nothing. You know, (laughs) the um, Uh, you know, we're we're talking about the 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 experience of going through that. I ended up having to take a job, uh, pushing carts at Costco after the ministry. Yes, brother. Listen, man, I had gone through hardship, right? And I had to find a job, and this wasn't going to be about. Uh, this wasn't going to be easy. Uh, so I took a job and as I was pushing these carts, my self-esteem was being bothered because of people's perception of me. You know, I needed to take care of my family. I had expenses. You have child support, you have things you you really have to do. 
Yeah. And you're yeah. like, man, can I swallow my pride and push these cards? And the first day I was pushing the cards, people were yeah. looking at me as if I were diseased, a leper, uh, low life. And I was like, I can't, I can't do it. So I put on a suit the next day and I came back and started pushing the same cards. And everyone came up to me thinking I was the manager. As a result of it, I was able to deal with people and, and the leadership saw the way that I was working with people, resolving conflicts. I went from 1250 an hour to 85,000 a month later. I was employee of the month. What? And so I've learned, push the cards, do the things that are hard or feel impossible because it can open up doors for you that you have no idea. Wait a minute. You went from, in one month, you went from $12. In one $12. month, I became employee of the month in 10 days. And the very next month, they had promoted me up, and I became the marketing manager. Wow. I just, was got, I just got full body chills. So, yeah. so, and what year was it? That had to, how long were you in the ministry? Man, you know, I've been doing ministry really since, I mean, that's what I went to Bible college for. I knew that there was a call in my life. I just didn't know. How, what it was meant to be. I thought it was going to be a basketball coach. I thought it was going to be something of those, along those lines. It was never yeah. intended to be ministry, but it evolved. And I realized I had a passion for people. But then you realize your pulpit is bigger than the walls of your church. Amen. Life is one, right? And so now I realize that I'm able to communicate and talk to people far beyond the four walls and impact them in a, in a tremendous way. I say all the time, I, I've, I had a, a pastor in Atlanta, Georgia, give me this. Mm. See, it's, it's folded in half, but in tattered as heck, but Malachi three about the tithe and offering. But I, you know, I say all the time, this is my personal opinion. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to go to a church. Mm -hmm. What are you doing to help the world? Like, what are you doing with your money to help the world is what I say to people. And I think that, 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 you know, you're right, man. The ministry does not have to exist inside a building. Let me tell you this. I've learned if I, when I, if I do it based on my role, I'll behave a certain way while I'm in that role. But if it's who I am, doesn't matter what I have on, doesn't matter where you find me, you're going to find consistency yeah. and find that ministry yeah. is just a mini version of me. It's just, I'm just sharing who I am as minuscule as I am, but I can make a huge ripple that becomes a wave. Love that, man. That is so awesome. So, so you were the marketing manager at Costco. What year was that? Uh, this had to be like 2011, 12 okay. in that time frame. <clears throat> so what, um, what happened from there? Man, from there, I, I literally decided to take a job in my, my whole family, my ancestral line, my mom, my grandmother, my grandfather, on my father's side, and all had all worked in the automotive industry. Anderson, Indiana had been the mecca for jobs, you name it, everything had founded there as far as when it comes to businesses, when it, uh, working in General Motors, Del, Del, Delco or whatever, Delphi. Yeah. And this time they had moved to Fort Wayne, Indiana, which is still the largest American uh, factory. Yeah. And the opportunity came that I could take a job there. And wow. I decided I would take that job, right? I would step into that role because you couldn't get in. The jobs were impossible to get without a referral. And I had a referral. And so I was going in on someone else's name. Yeah. I go in, I take the job there. And for four years, I serve as a temp, temp employee. Yeah, I don't get hired in yet. You know, they have wow. the, it's a wait list. Now you're getting compensated and all that, but I wasn't able to get a new prosthetic. I'm struggling with that old leg still. Uh, the wood, it, the wooden leg. Yeah, which had which had cracked from me working out and think. So I used electrical tape and I would tape it up, and keep it together. Come and, on. Yeah, I, I was dealing with it, but I would just grin and bear it. Didn't matter. Still had to feed your family. Still had responsibilities. To know that. This was like, but this was the thing that was supposed to be the American dream. I'm going to get six-figure income, do the same job for the next 30 years, and then retire. But that wasn't the plan God had for me. No, I was hiding who I was, was hiding who, what I could be. 
And if, if it wasn't for General Motors and the rules change that allowed me to get in prosthetic for pre-existing condition, my whole life changed the moment that happened. Wow. And you were living in Fort Wayne. I was working in Fort Wayne, driving an hour and a half from Anderson, one wow. way every day. I'd go put in 12 hours, 16 hour a day. It was just the norm. It's what I wow. lived, right? Wow. And uh, when I got, when I was 40, as a, I still, I was still scared of telling people I was an amputee. It wasn't until I was uh, 40, 44, I think it was when I actually wore shorts for the first time and openly acknowledged that I was an amputee. If it wasn't for people around me wearing the shorts with me and encouraged me, I wouldn't have done it. But I had a new leg and I had developed myself. I'm 6'4", 270. And to have uh, that fear holding you back of how people would perceive me if they knew. Everyone knew, but they wouldn't say it because I wouldn't acknowledge it. But when I acknowledged it, it opened up opportunities for me to share my faith and share why about my leg. And then I realized there were thousands of people waiting on me. All of that stuff that I had been through in life had been, been just setups. Yeah. And then when I stepped up, I began, it gave me a platform to speak. And I deal with amputees all over the world. Just two nights ago, like, well, yeah, two nights ago, I had a guy reach out to me that wanted to take his life because the amputation had robbed him of his sense of self. And he felt like it was too hard movement was too impossible family wasn't going to be there and this person that he was in love with she walked away and he said why should i live you know wow. and so i tell him man you are at the bottom but that means you can get up that means you can look up everything is uphill from here the leg is gone but not your purpose you weren't even interested until you lost the leg but now you can inspire people with what you've lost this is your greatest thing that you've ever had even though it doesn't seem like it. Now, I wouldn't have been able to tell people that right. if I hadn't gone through that development and found who I am through the limb loss and how that gave me the principles to be able to inspire other people. What year, and so you were driving to Fort Wayne and this was for General Motors, you said? Absolutely. How long yeah. did that last? Are you still doing Almost that? 12, no, no, I did that for 12 years. 10 months ago, everything changed. Okay. And how old are you now? I'm 49. 49. So 10 months ago, everything changed. Tell everything. me, tell me. And, and, and 10 months ago, what were you doing for work? I was still working at General Motors. Okay. Okay. I walked off the plant, out of the plant, wore a suit my last day to say goodbye, burn the bridge. It was time. Step out in destiny and, and go after this. I've been on YouTube uh, by now with absolute motivation. Uh, and that channel had grown and it afforded me some opportunities as well as I took a job working with the local process that would send me to hospitals to encourage people. Literally, my job was to do what I already am. And wow. I started doing speaking engagements. More and more engagements kept coming up and opportunities. Yeah. And then ultimately, I got the opportunity to, um, you know, I travel with tra uh, Challenge Athletes Foundation and talk with amputees around the world and right uh, next thing i know i'm at the secret knock was that 10 months ago 10 months ago was when i left the job i oh. was at the secret knock on march 23rd okay yeah i thought it was just recently yeah i so, shared there that i wanted to want the ambition i had left to write a book yeah. and uh in a week i had the cover of it i had already written the book I just didn't know what I was going to do with it. And when I shared it, that's how uh, we end up with the same mutual friend. Joe, that's where you met Joe. Well, yeah, Joe, but that's where Mark. Oh, Mark. Yeah. Mark Victor Hansen. Right. So Eric Walmart had connected me uh, with him and said, you got to talk with him. Who? Eric had just written uh, Eric Walner. He is uh, out of Ohio. He just happened to be at the knock. And he's like, uh, he's got a great family, great business going. Anyway, he was like, you got to talk with, with Mark. And so I get on a Zoom call, talk with Carol and Mark. Same time, next thing I know, we're here. And That's we're so putting awesome. together a phenomenal 
this will help millions of people, brother. I promise. Encouraging. It goes well beyond losing the leg. It's about finding faith, finding your purpose. How to yeah. identify it. <laughs> I'm sure they do. Um, so, so. <laughs> what? Uh, we, uh, he's just. Um, so I want to share the cover of the book with everybody. So there it is. Absolutely. Um, and it says the amazing inspirational story of a man who never gave up. Um, that's Mark's quote on there. So, so <clears throat> 10 months ago, like uh, talk about the, the, because you said your YouTube channel blew up, um, started growing. Talk about what, is, what is the number one thing that when, when people, um, reach out to you, I, I would imagine you get a lot of people feeling suicidal, feeling like, you know, what's the, what's the point of me being here, um, after losing a limb? I can't, I can't imagine. Let me tell you, the majority of people, I'd say, I, I want to show you this. It's probably 1,300 messages that I've received through all the platforms in the wow. last three months, right? Wow. And in that time, I've dealt with as many people as I possibly can throughout the course of a day yeah. to try to direct them. Where do I go to get a better prosthetic? What do I do now in the hospital? Hey, I've got a person right now that is going through tremendous pain and problems. And James, if you could just talk to them, it would mean the world. James, I've got a five-year-old uh, who's got cancer and he's about to have his leg amputated at the hip. Can you talk to him? My mentoring has become a big part of what I'm here for. Right. One of the, one of the greatest uh, success stories is Cam Ayala. He was on the TV show The Bachelor and he lost his leg to lymphedema. He and I began to communicate, share with me, been with him from the time he lost his leg to the time he took his first steps to the day he started running, and now he's thriving. It can, cuts down where they would say it would take a year before someone might be able to be up and about. But with mentoring, with coaching, with encouragement, it could take months, literally. You can cut off almost nine months of going through hell and back for someone wow. just by being able to go back and coach them through giving that expertise mentoring is key wow wow so let me ask you this because it's right there on your 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 name superman is for real where did the superman thing come i mean how does that come into play yeah how where yeah. how did that come to be how did it you know yeah. i mean outside of your you know you're as almost as buff as me yeah, um, yeah. yeah. We're both bigger than Joe, though. Joe, listen, this is, yeah. So here's how Superman came to pass. Joe's right? the reason they started making man brawls, but we won't. Man, talk listen, about that. yeah, we won't talk about that. And and toupees. Listen, the uh, we're not going to talk about my friend's toupee. He's a good guy. He just that's not his hair. Listen, the the great thing about this is that Superman. My mom and grandma used to buy me. Superman thing. You'll see me prior to losing my leg with a belt. Oh, is buckle. that a Superman necklace? It is. Oh, look so at that, man. There's always it. a Superman on me somewhere, somehow, right? Love it. Love it. Yeah. So this this is the, the thing about Superman. Uh Superman has nothing to do with the cartoon character. It has all to do with the euphemism for Christ. Superman is 33. Forever. That was the age of Christ. It was earthly ministry. It is the fact that he hears the voice of his father and he does the will of, of that father here on earth. It's the fact that he wears the symbol of S, which represents hope. And when it's upside down, it represents resurrection. You see, the whole thing about being Superman was never about just the physique. It's not about those things. It's the fact that you are bigger than what you appear to be and you have more help than you realize. I can do all things. I may not have had a leg, but I had faith. I had hope. I had potential. And I cannot give excuses for why I don't succeed. If I stay in the trauma, I'll never realize that trauma is what opens the door for you to become triumphant. Mm. That's beautiful, man. That's beautiful. 
Joe says that we're jealous. <laughs> Yeah. So, so, so you, you were at secret knock. Is that, and that's where you met who the guy from Columbus or from Ohio. Well, he happened to hear me. He was in the crowd. His okay. wife came over to me and shared her passion and, and we spoke and okay. they were like, Hey, you know, I had a tremendous amount of publishers come up to me and everyone yeah. was like, we love your story. We'll help you put a book out. Here's a contract. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, man, I, I didn't want to just turn my story over to anyone. Mark Victor Hansen was the right guy because not only was he, you know, chicken soup for the soul. What, right. You know, I mean, there's no one that sold more books than him except for God. Right. That's right. And That's you right. combine anybody else's series of books and they're nothing. You know, I mean, it's yeah. to have him come alongside, put his name on it, yeah. to back up and support there's my story yeah and to know that we can truly touch a lot of people so now this is what we're here for that's that's so incredible so are you doing a lot of like traveling and speaking speaking engagements and things of that oh nature? i am listen i'll be in even as you and i are talking now i'm leaving to go to atlanta georgia i'll be at the avalon hotel uh, hotel avalon there yeah and um, I'm the keynote for the Georgia State Orthotics and Prosthetics. So everyone that builds legs in the state of Georgia is coming. Now, their $500 fee for that, you know, that, that's not me. They come, I, you know, I'm there so yeah. I can encourage them. They're getting continuing education. Yeah. But I'm going to pour into them. Because when making their limbs, they have to make decisions. Ken, do you know why I'm not a gold medalist in the Paralympians? Um, I would imagine the reason is you never identified as a Paralympian. <laughs> right. Yeah, I never, I never saw myself as an amputee, right? I, I never saw I myself as handicapped. And I, but I also, I was never told about the limbs. When I look back at the 1992 Olympics, the first one I would have been able to compete in. Yeah. I was 18 uh, that year. And I look at the speeds in the 100-meter dash. If you ever look on YouTube and watch that 1992 group run, you'll see that only one amputee in the world was able to run. The rest could barely move. I would have dominated that. I'm not talking about a little bit. I'm talking about I was Carl Lewis to that group all day, every day. But wow. I didn't know about it. There are a lot of opportunities that I didn't know about that if I had, I would have gone a different route. Wow. But this was the right route for me. God didn't allow me to know about that because he had a different plan for me. I was supposed to go into an able-bodied world and go in and compete and learn the movements and things that I perfected from driving as an amputee to running. I can jump. I can do box jumps. I can do leg stands for 30 seconds on the amputated side. I can. There's nothing that I have a limitation on because I worked diligently to close the gap between what you can do and what I do. Yeah. So I started lifting weights and never stopped because I didn't want to atrophy. And so I set all these records. My combined deadlift, bench press, and uh, and squat is 1620. Wow. Now, That's crazy. that number is significant because that was also the address I grew up as a kid when I couldn't walk. Wow. And so I knew exactly what number I needed to go for when I was in the drug tested competition with 275 pound guys and up. And wow. uh, I gave everything. You see, I don't, everything that I do, I do now with the idea of that, man, I don't have a moment to waste. I'm present, but I'm also driving with the idea of like, I'm building this legacy that my kids can step into, other people can follow but I'm living in the legacy at the same time. I, I'm just blown away by your, your energy, your attitude. I mean, you've dealt with, you know, not only losing a leg, being an amputee or, well, you don't identify as that. So, um, but, but like, you know, I'm sure you dealt with racism things along the way, oh, yeah. everything else. And it's like, like nothing freaking stops you, man. It's unbelievable. I, I can't allow it to. You know I what? I love that. Now, now Ken, I'm going to show you something. I have also developed the greatest flexibility of all of anyone in history. It, 
I'm, I'm going to demonstrate. I have been able to be able to place my foot behind my back, just stretching at any given moment. Look, I'm right now while in the back seat. I can. I'm telling you, I have great flexibility. There are things that I can do you'll never be able to do. Just look at that. You try it. Let me see you do it. You see what I mean? Oh my now, god! Now gifts is... and talents. Oh <laughs> my god! Let me tell you something. We can't allow ourselves to be limited or feel like I oh. am losing who I am because of what I've lost. It right. makes you more dynamic. It makes you powerful. It makes you gifted. It makes it so that your story can be able to do something amazing in the lives of others. But as long as we stay hidden or feel ashamed about every one of us has somebody dysmorphia. Whether we realize it or not, whether you have all your limbs or not, something you're insecure about, whether your stomach, like maybe you're like Joe and you're like, man, my hair's not real. Whatever it is, you have <laughs> got to be able to get over that. The little and, bit I have left yeah, is that's still okay. real. You know, it's, it, it is, there's a reason why they call him Hat Joe. Listen, there is, we, you have to be able to be able to, uh, to love who you are in spite of what you don't have. Because what you are is enough. I ask this question of everybody on the show and um, the uh, I always preface it with <laughs> Joe said the leg thing was awesome. <laughs> so, um, so, and Debbie, you've got to be on Debbie's show too. She actually has a show called find it. Come My on, book man. is called found. We were meant to get me together. Come Debbie, on. Let's talk now. Yeah. So, so, um, the, the question is this, the number one answer to this question is fear. And I really hope that you do better than fear. I think you will. Um, here's, here's the question. It's two part. So number one, I believe that, um, happiness is tied to money. <laughs> I, I, I look, I've been broken homeless and I've been wealthy and wealthy is way better. So, 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 you know, number one, what stops people from finding real financial success in life and, um, freedom, joy, happiness, having it all, having all of it, the whole package, what stops people from having all of it? Knowledge. It's Come purely on. knowledge. The moment you become aware that someone else made it and you meet them, you see them, you realize that they're not made of anything different than you are. You realize that it's possible for me. You, I've The moment I sit there and I talk, I was at the secret knock, I got to rub elbows with CEOs and billionaires. And what I found is that these they were just as common as I was challenges just like I have. If they were successful because they were disciplined, because they had mentoring, they had counsel, and they had people that were willing to believe in them and challenge them. They failed a thousand times, but they kept going because mm. they didn't give up their dreams or their enthusiasm as they were failing. And when I learned that, you want to become wealthy? It's about realizing that it's possible. The moment you find out that it's not my race, it wasn't the loss of my leg that broke me, it was the fact that I didn't see someone that made the way out. Think about how many kids would see Michael Jordan play sports and, and grew up with that, like Mike, I want to be like him. And so they imitated him. And so they became better ball players because they dedicated and put time in. But if I spent time with someone who had developed wealth and saw their disciplines, if that had been my Mike, Nothing stops you because you just would imitate it. And once you imitate those habits, they're out because they're common. Hard work, discipline, consistency, and then accountability. You get those in you, you'll find success. Amen. Uh, amen and amen. And the whole church said amen. Wow. <laughs> De Debbie says, OMG, no way. Yes, I'll be in touch. I want to find it. And you have found it. Oh, so man. Yeah, awesome. you'll love Debbie. She's freaking awesome. She is so awesome. So, so what, what, um, is there anything else that you would like to leave the audience with, um, before we end this? Like, is there a web, do you have a website address or anything of that nature? Right, yeah, that like, listen, 
my uh, you can pre-order the book. The book is found. But the book is not just a book, man. It's an outpouring. I go through some things that I've gone through in life that you will laugh, you will cry, but you will find it to be encouraging. One of the greatest challenges, Ken, I want to share with you that is in the book that when the day I lost my leg, I had two roommates that were in my room. I had a kid on one side of me that was eight and I had one that was 12. The eight-year-old had was in an incubator. His parents would touch him with gloves and communicate with him. And he had a horrible prognosis about his life expectancy. I didn't know that when I met him. I would just talk with him from the bed. And when we would talk, we became close friends and stuff. We'd laugh all night long. And then one morning, he was just gone. And so when I woke up and his mom, he was gone. His mom came in and gave me one of his teddy bears. And she gave one to the other kid as well. And then she said, uh, I said, where's Matt? And she said, she, he's gone. And I said, uh, she said, thank you for being his friend. And I was like, oh, Matt's gone home. She was like, no, she's going on to be with the Lord. You see, I hadn't lost my leg yet. And now I've experienced that people die. And then on the other side of me, the kid, I watched his mom come in. He was paralyzed from the waist down. And his mom left a, uh, came, there was a mirror on the ceiling so we could communicate because he was always laying on his back. His mom, they close the curtains for privacy and they come in and they tell his mom wants to talk to him. And she was like, I can't do it anymore. You see, I got to be able to live my own life. It's too hard taking care of you. What? And he's like, mom, I promise I won't be bad no more. And she was like, I just can't do it. You're making this too hard for me. She said, these people are going to take good care of you, but I can't do it anymore. And I saw him beg for mercy. Mama, please, you know. And I watched this kid be abandoned and I watched another kid die. And then I wake up and my leg is gone. So I'm fearful. Either you die or you get abandoned. That story and all the things that I've gone through in life are in there. And I'm telling you, what you'll find in there is a thread that will spark something to your will. You won't give up. You will give it to other people. You'll tell other people about it. And so Superman is for real is my Instagram name. You can go to the link. You can link off of Facebook. It goes to a website. And do you know the website address? Yeah, the the website address is one more gym USA. O-N-E-G-Y-M USA.com. One go to that. I'm on the front page. You can click on it. Uh, okay, one more time. One one more gym USA.com. G-Y-M USA USA.com. If you click tell on me, it, tell me if this is right. Yes. Like now, if you clicked on that, you would find, you would see there's a, there's a big image of me in this fitting. I'm doing hosting a day for amputees and people with disabilities and soldiers at this gym. And we're going to do a limb loss awareness. They're part of a documentary that's going to be, that's being done on me right now. Wow. And uh, they're following my life. We're going to put that out in September. Man, this has been an amazing journey. Wow. To be able to tell my story, to wow. talk about my grandmother, that was my rock. Wow. That was the one that, that instilled in me this belief that I could be anything but labeled, crippled, or handicapped. The story you just told about the little little boy dying and the other one being abandoned. Like I, I sat here restraining myself from dropping f-bombs <laughs> like i'm like what who abandons their child no matter what they're going through especially if they're going through, just it's mind-blowing i, I i'm mm. and the fact that that you're on the other side of all this and 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 you're living your life to inspire other people and help other people man that's that's just unbelievable. It's amazing to me. And and I'm grateful and honored to have had you on the show today. You're you're amazing. Now, Ken, so, thank you. You you're breaking uh, through walls, not just walls in the sense of homes and lives and hearts and minds. But you're bringing information to the world that is important. I'm honored to be on your show. I'm thankful. Me too, man. Me too. Joe, I'm I'm going to pray for you. <laughs> again <laughs> oh my uh james thank you so much everybody go follow james um 
on on Instagram, Superman is for the number four real, right? Right. Just like it says there next and year. Please, and please come subscribe to Absolute Motivation, my YouTube channel. It's got 1.4 million people. And uh, yeah, what? it's grown. I said it's grown, brother. It is. Impact. There's a video today, I think. It, and we have thousands that listen to us every day. And I include we had, uh, my team, Naveed, Azim, these guys, we include amputees, soldiers in the videos. Wait till you see it. You'll thank wow. me for it. Wow. That is freaking awesome, man. So, so, okay. Make sure you go subscribe to Absolute Motivation as well. You need to do that like right now. Um, James, you are Superman. Uh, Debbie said, OMG, I think I've seen him on IG. I'm sure you have. I'm sure you have. So, and keep tagging me on Instagram, man. I, I love that. So everybody make sure you go follow James everywhere and, and go to one more gym, USA.com pre-order the book. I can't wait to get a copy of this book Man, and have you. you and have you on, on, uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Be serious. That kid, come on, are you telling people about me and you laughing and stuff? That's so funny, man. Holy crap. So, so I can't wait to have you on Amazon too. And when the book is released, I'll have you back on another live stream and we'll blow it up, man. We will you got blow it, it my up. Friend. So. Thank you. Appreciate you, man. Block Joe. Block Joe. Hit hit that block button. <laughs> block Joe. Block Joe. That's right. All right. Hey, thank you, guys. Um, I'm going to end the live stream now. Make sure you go follow James. Go to the website and order the book, pre-order the book, and let's blow this thing up and, and make, it, make it hit number one before it's ever even released. So stay with me, James. I'm going to end this, but thank you all. Share this out. If you've not shared this out, share it out. Go share it out. Everybody needs to hear this message. Thanks so much, brother. I appreciate you.